It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. Y'all know who we are. I'm James Jackson. That's Kyle Sirik. That's that Matt Robinson. No Jake Galley. He's going to be on a little IR, three-week IR a yeah, little bit. Po- podcast IR. That podcast IR. It's happening. We, we got to take some time off, too, y'all. Man, we, this be taking a lot out of us. So rest up, my man Jake. We'll see him back in a couple of weeks. But we got to jump right into this thing, man, because yes, not only is it's, it's like the best time of the year for sports, y'all. Oh, yeah. We got, we got all four going on right now. I'm waiting for the first like sports equinox day where we got all four running on the same day. Yep. But for that, we're going to we're going to jump in a little bit of NFL and a lot of NBA mm-hmm. for this podcast. But first, we're going to go into the NFL first really quick, just, you know, get that out of the way. But there's a lot of things that we got to talk about. And some teams are starting to fall off, man. And in and, and my words, they're looking shaky, baby. And we're going to have to put some people on notice really quick. And I like where we're starting because it's a good, like, barometer for us to start. And that's the Cleveland Browns. Yep. A, a team a lot of people, including myself, were high on at the end of last year and coming into this season. I tried to get y'all onto the Cleveland Browns wave for so long. And y'all y'all finally hopped on. And now and now they're starting to fall off. The Browns started 3-1 and and are tied for last place now in the AFC North with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kareem Hunt was just placed on IR. And Nick Chubb has already been rolled out for Thursday night. Baker Mayfield just got rolled out for Thursday night. Case Keenum will start. I mean, shaky baby. Yeah. So, like, is it is it struggle city for the Browns? Are they about to fall off? I, I think, well, the thing about the Browns, so they play Denver on Thursday. If they could squeak out a win, that's really big for them because they have not yet played a division game. They haven't played a single team yet in the NF, or AFC North. Point. We know the Ravens are really good. I might say Ravens 2-0 them, no doubt. And between Cincy and the Steelers, I mean – they're not going to 2-0 either of those teams in my eyes, so they need to start picking up wins where they can find them. It is a shame Baker's got ruled out, but going forward, say because I don't think his injury is too serious. When he does come back, he needs to play better. He's lucky his injury is not serious. Yeah, he I mean, Kareem Hunt is out. Baker's only thrown six touchdowns in six games. I mean, this man's going to need to step up because their whole identity has gotten ripped from them through injury, so when he comes back, they need to start picking off some games quick because that AFC North schedule is coming. And, and the thing about Baker is – Baker has not been Baker's not lit the world on fire. Yeah. Baker has been a good quarterback. I mean, it's crazy that he has six touchdowns in six games, and that includes a forty a loss where they put up forty points to yeah. the Chargers, and he still only got six touchdowns yep. on the entire season. But he's just not been the quarterback to overcome, you know, the Browns either mishaps or their shortcomings to lead them further. Mm-hmm. And he's just been kind of like a, you know. Upper upper middle class quarterback, and they need a wealthy quarterback to, to carry more over the promised land. But Matt, are the, are the Browns falling off? They look like they are, but they're not. That that Max Kellerman cliff is approaching. <laughs> it's approaching fast. No, they're seventh in DVOA. They're so the advanced stats like them. And if you look at their last two games that they've lost, 
really close, tough game against the Chargers. Chargers are a good team despite how they played on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And they lost to Arizona uh, badly, but Arizona is the only undefeated team left. And the Browns are out, but were out both of their starting tackles. Mm -hmm. And when you're against out both of your tackles against JJ Watt and Chandler Jones, it's a tough day. It's, it's, not, gonna, it's, a tough it's day. not gonna be a good day. It's a tough day. So um, their next five games are all against teams that are lower than them in the DVOA rankings. So they go four and one against Denver, Pittsburgh, at Cincy, at um, New England, home Detroit. That puts them at seven and four, and we forget that they had this little two-game blip. Oh, well, that's and, and that's, that's a tough four and that's one. That's a tough four and one, and you got to remember a lot of these games. The next five is not going to have Baker Mayfield, so maybe well, they're at least not going to have him for the for Thursday night. And who knows when they're going to have him? But who knows when they're going to get quarterbacks always come faster. That, come back faster. That's true. Well, who knows when they're going to get Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt? Yeah, you know, OBJ is think, even even nursing a little bit of an injury too. So, but but real quick, crop before we move on, Matt, what what does that mean? That they're the next five games they're facing teams with a lower DVOA than them. But really break that down to people because that's you're telling me that expecting them to to win all five of these games, right? Or at least go four and one. Or something four and, like I think four and one. So what is it? What does it mean? What does it mean that they have that? that, that it means that DVOA. on a per play basis, they're better than all five of their next opponents. Meaning, so they should so they should dominate them on a down to down basis. It's not like they're playing like the worst teams in the league right. except for Detroit. And they get paid to play football too. Hey, man, <laughs> man. I, if we were going to talk about teams falling off, Denver is going to complete free fall. They get them. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, get, we'll there. get Denver. We'll, we'll get, get there. Denver. We'll get Denver. <laughs> what I want to say about the Browns though, and I think we can agree on what these two running backs are, it's going to come down to Baker Mayfield. He's the one that needs to turn him around. I know he's hurt, but when he comes back, this man's 25th in QBR. He's 0 for 2 on game-winning drives, which is not what you want out of your quarterback. And to me, the biggest thing is, as an NFL quarterback especially, you want to be the best in the league. Yeah. And he can live with the Tom Brady's being better than the guys that have been around. But there's a lot of guys younger than Baker that are already better than him. Kyler Murray came the year after, also a number one pick, better than him. Patrick Mahomes is younger. Josh Allen's younger. I mean, there comes a point, especially in today's NFL, where you're getting four to five first-round quarterbacks drafted. I'm not saying Baker's going to lose a job, but it's coming to that point in his career where – this is what he needs. He needs to show that he can do this. Right? Mm -hmm. Baker's looking like a Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it's tough. Like he's good, that's tough. I, I he's never. Just, he's not like. It's too early. I feel like that's the second person that you've put a Kirk Cousins ceiling on. No, but that. To be fair, a Browns fan would die to get Kirk Cousins as they a quarterback over the they last have twenty him. years. Yeah. They and have now him. they've got a decent quarterback, and they've got a decent team, and I think they'll finish with a decent 10-7-ish and seven -ish record. The Browns, to me, have a lot of players individually. Like, like we look at all these players individually on paper who have a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. But I think what it comes down to is, does Baker Mayfield have the correct chemistry with his best players? Because if he's, if he's going to be the quarterback, if we're going to peg it on him to carry the Browns forward, does he have the right chemistry with an OBJ, with a Jarvis Landry, with, yep. with all uh, you know everybody up under that locker room? Do they have the belief in Baker to go forward? Does he have the chemistry to build that to actually win? Because you do. could have Baker Mayfield a great a great quarterback. You can have um, you know OBJ and Jarvis Landry great wide receivers. You can have great players. They got to gel and play well. Jarvis together. has been hurt. That, that's yeah. true. But I that's, think that's not what I'm seeing from the Browns. Yeah, I'm not worried about the chemistry to be honest. But in terms of falling off, I think this is a team. I I don't think they've fallen off yet. We can all agree. I think they're approaching the cliff though. Some other teams we're gonna get to, they've they're fell off. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you. About I it really, I keep looking. I really like the four and one. Two home games they win, at Cincy, at um, New England they split. Then they beat Detroit. 
I can see it. But I, get, I, get. I think that's very. I think that's very likely. That not is just likely. Doable. They're banged up. Right, and yeah, that's, they're that's banged likely. up, and they've lost two straight games. I mean, there's caution flags here. Red flags. Yeah. Red flags all over the place. <laughs> we'll move on because the team who should be seeing all the red flags. Oh, you want to talk about a cliff? Oh, and if you if you need any further proof, you can go ahead onto my Instagram at the real Jimmy J and check out my last shaky baby because I feature this team right here. That's the Seattle Seahawks, man. Ooh. It's getting. It's getting. It's getting dangerous over there in, in Seattle. Two and four so far this season, last place, and maybe the NFL's toughest division in the NFC West. You like that, huh? I like that, and I know I know you used it in the video. I, I did, which I'm actually – that actually sucks that I just thought about that because I didn't use it in the video. Did you post that video? I haven't I been on Instagram. Already. I posted Damn, already. It's, it's up, man, or, or I would have edited it. You got to re-record but, that. But everyone, just please know that that came off the top of the head just now. But stop Matt. Is it fall off time for the Seahawks? I picked them to win the NFC West to start the in, start the season. They're in major trouble. Do yeah. we give them any much of a pass that Russ is not there? By the way, in six seven seasons, the first game he's missed in his NFL career. First start he's missed. Russ has, is the thing that's kept the Seahawks afloat in the past three years. Absolutely, been the and line. now that he's gone, they're bad. Like, and they're like they're, he's going to miss the next two games at least. They're lucky that one of those games is Jacksonville at home. Mm-hmm. But the Saints, who I think are meh, I think they're a clear favorite to beat Seattle. I don't know what the line is, but it's Geno Smith versus Jameis Winston's a wash. But mm-hmm. the Seahawks rest. Jamal Adams has been such a bust, mm. as a, and they don't have a first-round pick. They're in real trouble. And if you look at their upcoming schedule, even when Russ comes back, Russ comes back at Green Bay, then they get Arizona. Then they have to play Arizona on the road later in the season. They have to play the Rams on the road later. But that's in the season. that's just in time. But that's all stuff they knew coming into the season. That's their division games. We knew going into the season. We're yeah, but they already got teams. four losses. That's yeah. four really tough games. That's that puts them at eight if they can't win them. And and, and then and, nine and eight doesn't make the playoffs in the NFC. And, and nine, nine five, and eight. five and one teams. Nine and eight seems like a like a lofty expectation. Out of what we saw from Geno Smith, there's they should there's no wow. way they should have been in that game at the end of the game. Now, the Steelers being the Steelers no letting them hang around. Yeah. Geno Smith has a thirty four point seven QBR and the only quarterbacks worse than that this year are Jared Goof, Davis Mills, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson. And I'm giving Justin Fields a pass on that. So really yeah. three rookies about, and Jared Goff, whose own coach said he needs to play. You know better. what I mean? So like we're wearing <laughs> terrible, terrible company yeah. right now. I don't see it getting much better until Russ gets back. Who are they beating? No, it's tough. So the one thing you can give the Seahawks is they are playing tough this season. They're yeah. just not winning games. I mean, two overtime losses, and they've only scored nine less points than they have allowed. But at the end of the day, you're two and four. And you just mentioned Geno Smith who is five times the downgrade of Russell Wilson. I mean, and you're starting running backs hurt, even though Alex Collins looks very serviceable. But Mm. Geno Smith, he came in, he got that 98-yard drive, 10 for 11 passing. We were like, whoa, Geno Smith can actually maybe do something. And then he he has a week to prepare, to think about that he's going to be a starting quarterback. And now he's Geno Smith again. I mean, he, he can't get it done. He can't throw the ball downfield. That's what we've seen so far. And he has Tyler Lockett, a deep threat. He's got DK Metcalf that can run good routes and get open 10 to 15 yards down the field, and it's not happening. His yards per attempt are 6.9. And this is a very important stat because the only people with worse yards in attempt than Geno Smith this season are 9 and 30 in starts. It's looking down for Geno Smith. So And, and Russell Wilson led the league in yards per attempt. Right. So this is a huge downgrade, as we know, but even deeper on the stats, I mean – it's tough to see a scenario where Geno Smith can 
do anything with this team, maybe squeak out one win before Russ comes back, but they're praying in Seattle that Russ comes back quick. I love that because that's ever that's against all that Seattle Seahawks live live for and live by. And let's and let's that's important because for six seasons they've never had to to do a game without Russell Wilson. It's never it's never had to be done. Mm-hmm. So they don't have there's no plan B. There's no there's an alternate game plan. So when Geno Smith comes in. Like, we all know that the Seahawks are a running football team, but the reason that Russ leads the league in yards per attempt because it's pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, and then when we take a shot, when we do throw the ball, we're taking shots down the field. Yep. Our just primary source of yardage comes from the run. So, Gino, you've got to be able to do that. And he, he showed very quickly that he, he yeah. cannot. So, if you can't execute that game plan, it's either Gino's got to learn how to execute it or Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are going to have to do something they haven't had to do since Russell Wilson, before Russell Wilson was on the Seahawks, and that's changed the game plan. And yeah. That's, like, like quarterbacks going to have to do different reads. One one thing's got to give. Which is tough, too, because the only reason they were in that game, and I know they're going to keep running the ball, but it was because Alex Collins played amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, he looked like even an upgrade to Chris Carson at times. Like, I mean, the same way Addis, or Alexander Madison came in for Dalvin Cook and they didn't really lose a step there, that's what Alex Collins did. But how long can he keep that up? No, no, and you get, one, still you get one game before people yeah. start to see tape and it, and it looks different. Yeah, it's it's tough. They got the same. They've got roughly the same amount of carries, and Alex Collins is averaging four point seven yards per attempt to Chris Carson's four point three. Yeah. So well, this, is I, that sustainable? Do you think that's sustainable? Because I'm a big you, running you back. You fool me once if you're Alex. Collins. I think running backs don't matter that much unless you're like Derrick Henry. At the end of so the day, so it's about the blocking yeah. scheme and whether you follow the game plan. So yeah. it's it's a. I think Collins. It's, it's two fresh legs, so you just go who with whoever. I, I, I think Collins can have good games if he's in your fantasy league still. If he didn't get picked up, which he probably did this week in every league, pick him up. But at the end of the day, your quarterback needs to be able to throw the ball, get the job done. So even if Alex Collins has another 100 yards, two touchdowns like he just did, it's not going to happen again. Yeah, it's not They're gonna not going to win games. All right. Do we see it getting better for the Seahawks? That's where we're going to end every team. Do we see it getting better? Are they falling off? They're, Geno Smith's going to have to squeak out one, maybe two wins in Russ's absence. But if, if they go you know, two and five, two and six before Russ even comes back, they might have already fallen off. They're already falling off. Matt, yeah. they falling off? They're falling off. They're falling off. Yeah. I, I believe it too. I think, it's, I think it's time. By the way, before I move on really quick, I hate the running backs don't matter statement. I've heard it before. I get it, but I, I hate it because a good running back can absolutely change your offense. Yeah. I, I understand, and I, and I agree with you with if, if the blocking and, and the scheme of the offense can make a good running back. I think that – But I think a running yeah. a good running back can absolutely make an offense. I think All you have to do, if you have ask the average layman, who's more important to the Titans, Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry, everyone would say Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. but who's making more money? Tannehill by a lot. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I'm, no one's arguing that a quarterback doesn't matter more than a running back. Absolutely not. But the running, yeah. a running, a like running a back, just, they matter. Matt, Matt's take is that in terms of know, individuals yeah. at their position, the individual skill isn't as important at that position as it is others. And I and I 100. percent I agree. I 100 yeah. get what he's saying. I was a running back when I played football. <laughs> we, we gotta matter. We gotta matter. All right, we're moving on. Because this this team also it's a division a division team for me, so I'm kind of glad that they might be nearing a cliff, but they might not be. Mm. This this is probably an either or for me. The Carolina Panthers from three and zero to three and three. That's not good. You never nope. want to do that. Um, Darnold is now bad again. We he fooled us the first three weeks. He's he now fooled back. me. He he's, fooled me. He's now back to Sam Darnold. Christian McCaffrey hasn't played since week three. He's set to miss even more time. It's it's again looking spooky for the Carolina Panthers. So Kyle. 
Are they falling off? Is it time? So the Browns, I said, we're nearing the cliff. Mm-hmm. I said the Seahawks, you know, Geno Smith's going to have to squeak off a game or two. You know, they're hanging off the edge of the cliff. The Carolina Panthers have fell in off the cliff. Yeah, they're falling. It's done. To me, you it's, think it's done. done? You think it's done? I think they're done. Yeah. Wow. And it, can they, you know, fight for a seventh wild card? Maybe. But they're not winning their division. Buccaneers have that locked up. Mm-hmm. I think they're done. I think they fell off the cliff. Matt, I mean, is it straight like that? I was about to agree. And then I looked at their schedule. Oh, my God, it's easy. It's so Giants, Falcons, Patriots, Cardinals, that's a loss. Then Washington, <laughs> Patriots is a Miami, loss and then Atlanta. I'm not going to pencil the Patriots as a loss. Patriots is a loss. Where's that's, the game? That's that's at home. But the, the thing about the Panthers that's is that they're bad. Right. So so they could be uh, next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. They go four and three over those seven games. They'll fool everyone into thinking they're mediocre because that'll put them at seven and six, and then they'll lose out because then they got Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa. So – yeah, oh no, the end of the end of the year is absolutely <laughs> so if they haven't fallen off by the, the end of the year. The reason why I know off. the Panthers are bad is because the Eagles beat the Panthers in Carolina when the Eagles were bad in that game. Mm-hmm. The Eagles played poorly against yep. Carolina on the road yep. and they still managed to win. So when a bad team like the Eagles beats you at home when you when they play like shit or crap then you're not good. So they're going to fool people again because they got an easy run. People are going to say, oh, maybe the Panthers are frisky. Don't buy into it. The last three games have shown them who they really are, which means, which is they're a bad football team. You guys really escorted them to the cliff, huh? You guys were the start of, of, done. of, of them getting to the they, cliff. They, and they were never really good. I think this is important, though. I think their defense starting to slip, I think it's no coincidence to their team being bad. Like, I, th- I think when uh, a quarterback like Sam Darnold needs as much help as he can get. And if my defense is holding teams, getting me extra possessions, getting me short fields, I think Sam Darnold starts looking like a really good quarterback. You start having him on the field for long. You start, you know, not, not you know, giving him long fields and giving him deficits and, and having him to, to kind of air the ball out. Then we start to see the Sam Darnold that we've seen on the Jets and for years to come. So I, I think it's no coincidence that as their defense starts to go, as their defense starts to slip, we go from a three and zero Carolina team to a three and three team, and then now their offense looks bad. Only averaging three hundred seventeen yards of total offense in the last three games. It's just not. It's the fourth. It's, it's not there. It's the fourth worst in the league. Yeah, that's tough. Twenty fifth in DVOA for Carolina. That's tough. Where did we? How did this happen so fast? And I don't think I don't think people are talking about this enough that that Carolina or people just don't care. They were number one. Or in DVOA. Just don't care. They were number one in DVOA after their. They were three and oh, one number one, three and one, still number one. And I was singing the praises of their defense. Their defense has fallen from clear first to eighth, mm. and their offense is stuck at twenty five, and their special teams is twenty six. So Every, they got a decent defense and nothing else. Everything, everything is going downhill. And it started with they have a great, they have a really good defense, a good offense, and then you know. Also, if Darnold was just mediocre instead of horrible, they could actually have a shot at the playoffs, but. He's horrible again. He showed he fooled us through three weeks. Maybe he can fool us a little more, but yeah, I mean he's still bad. What's different? He's why, still bad. Why is Sam Darnold just bad all of a sudden? I, I we forgot that two of his first three games were against the Jets and the Texans. It's also it, yeah, and it was also the first three games, right? The first three games of any F, or any NFL season, you could catch some teams, mm-hmm. right? You could play better. You could have a different game plan because no one's prepared for that. But once you get on film. 
for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, everything comes back to normal. The universe restores itself in the NFL deeper in the season because teams have seen you now, right? So I think you, you can catch a team the first couple of weeks, and the Carolina Panthers did, and they fooled all of us. It also shows how integral Christian McCaffrey is to their offense. Yes. I, that's what I was 3-0 no with him, 3-0 no without yes. him. Simple. Or 0-3 oh without him. Last one. We're going to move really quickly through this one. The Denver Broncos also from 3-0 and oh to 3-3. Three and three. The three teams they beat had a worse record. The three teams they lost to had a better record. That should really tell you exactly who the Denver Broncos are, a middling of the pack team. But is, is it are they falling off? I don't think there was anything to fall off for the Denver Broncos. I think 3-0 just happened to be like a good-for-you start, and they're just regressing to the mean now. This isn't a fall-off. This is just where they should be. Bro, I said they were a playoff team going into the yeah, – I said was, they were getting that last wild card. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I think also you said they three teams with the worst record they won. Three teams with the same or better they lost. I think – so they're, they're right. They're, do. they're right where they should be, right? They're in the 500 territory. They'll probably stay around there. I don't think they're going to fall off, you know, completely, right? Because, I mean – you still have worse teams on your schedule, right? You still have no one's hurt, right? You still have the same, you know, guys going off. So I think the Broncos can still find wins because they've been playing competitive games, right? Besides last week against Vegas where, you know, they scored some late points. Didn't really matter, though. They've been pretty competitive. I think they could still get some wins. Them losing to Vegas at home after all the turmoil Vegas had during the week and losing their coach. I know it's a big rivalry game, but you can't lose that game against a team that's completely in disarray and expect to be considered a contender. I think the I, I disagree. I think the Vegas guys use that as fuel. I think just, a lot of those guys came mean, out the how ball. How do you focus on like a game plan and stuff like that? Yeah, that's that's where coaching comes in. No, from the Broncos they side, had a that's a week, game that, that happened last Monday. From, from, I mean, the, Bron- from the Broncos side, that's a game I got to win. That it's we're still too close to that. That's a game where, like, you know, you can't you can't overcome your locker room turmoil on our, on our expense. You and the, the, the three teams we said three and zero against bad teams, zero and three against good teams. I don't think the Steelers or the Raiders are good. I think they're both mediocre at best. I don't so think Baltimore's the Raiders are really good. only good team. I think they're they're a below average football team who got a favorable schedule to start the season. I think the Steelers are good. So not falling off for the Broncos. No, they're not, they're not good. He, he doesn't like them. Is fake. They're falling. Oh, off. oh, so there's nothing to fall. I don't off. think they're falling off. I think the, the so you don't think they're falling. Off. No, I think the Panthers three and zero is fake. I think the Broncos as they're right where they should be, and they can make a move soon. They're not gonna like, they're not gonna only win like twenty percent of their games from here on out. Like they're not that bad of a team. They're gonna be competitive. They'll they're gonna win games. That's probably where I got them. Uh, see, I, I want to say I want to say there's a better shot of them going ten and seven than seven and ten, but I really don't believe it. Yeah, you can't, you can't. But I think nine and eight is where I see them. We might we might have to sell there. We're gonna move on, y'all, because it's an exciting day. It was an exciting day yesterday. Now the rest of the NBA gets to join. The NBA is back, man. And I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> like on the lowest of keys, like yeah, like it, we kind of blinked and the NBA season was here. Upon oh, us, yeah. like like it, it, it was crazy, but I maybe because everyone in this city or around it in Philadelphia has been focused on everything but basketball for the past, you know, for the entire summer. But nonetheless, the NBA is here, and if last night didn't provide us anything but a great opening night, it showed us the narratives that we've all been wanting to see. Man, last night or Wednesday night, we sh- or Tuesday night, we should say the NBA tipped off. First, it started with the Knicks and Bucks, and then it went to the Warriors and Lakers. Two, you know, very good games. But I want to focus first on that Nets and Bucks game because that's that's one narrative that everything 
you know, I've all, all the Kyrie Irving drama that's been surrounding the Nets. People have been wondering, man, like, how are the Nets going to do without Kyrie? How, how do the Nets survive without Kyrie Irving if it is a survive? Last season, the Nets had the same regular season win percentage with Kyrie as they did without him. That's 66%. And, and that is the first point I wanted to make on this. Is let's not act like the Nets haven't had to live life without Kyrie Irving before. Yeah. This, it's not business as usual because it's one of your stars. But this is no surprise. This is not anything you haven't prepared for before. So I think there is an avenue that the Nets survive without Kyrie Irving. But Kyle, what, what is that avenue? How, how do they? What's their game plan? Sorry, it's going to be tough. So you mentioned sixty-six percent with them, sixty-six percent without them last year. But it's a little misleading when you look at the games that they played against teams that went on to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. When Kyrie was on the floor, they beat sixty-two percent of those eventual playoff teams. Without Kyrie, they were 50 percent. They won however many games, lost the same amount. So regular season, I, I think you're not going to see a significant dip night for night or night. Tonight, at, mm-hmm. like losing Kyrie without him on the floor, but if you go the whole span of a whole season without Kyrie, who knows how long this is going to last? You're going to fall in terms of playoff seeding, and if it comes to the playoffs and Kyrie still isn't playing, which I know is so far down the line, their champion aspiration, championship aspirations, significantly suffer without Kyrie. Absolutely, he's, I mean, he's there, and you could see it <clears throat> Tuesday night against the Bucks. Yeah, like you, you could see where Kyrie Irving was missing. You yeah. could see that they need him out there on the floor. And, like, is that a sign of things to come? Like, there's just going to be a season of, of them missing Kyrie Irving. I think it makes the Bucks the favorite in the East. Yeah. And the uh, the Bucks should feel disrespect that they weren't considered, considering they're the defending champs. But I do, people, a lot of the reason the Bucks beat the Nets last year is because James Harden was playing on one leg. Mm-hmm. And James Harden is going to be back. He's going to be James Harden again. So I'd still expect that to be a heavyweight battle. Um, so they'll survive fine. It's just going to come down to in May whether or not. I think if they have home court again, they'll beat Milwaukee. Uh, so I don't think Kyrie's going to come back. Kyrie's a stubborn person. I don't think he's coming back. Kyrie will come back if the rules change. He's not going to come back on his own. It's a law. It's Kyrie for, against it's the a, establishment. It's a law in New York. State law. So he could. Uh. Is he going to stay a lot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's, it's probably, that law is probably not going to change. Yeah, that's tough. And even if he does come back, if he comes back too late, I mean, you know how long it takes for these teams to get back together when another guy comes back. So what I will say is – The Nets survive by playing through Kevin Durant and James Harden, which isn't that difficult. Oh, they'll be fine. So they'll be I mean, but let's, let's see because Kevin Durant last night, 32-11-4, James Harden 28-8. Now, James Harden, we can expect that with no Kyrie long term. We can we can expect those points to kind of you know go up a little bit on a game to game basis. Yeah. But for the most part, that's what you're going to get from those two, and and it's going to beat a lot of teams. But we're not worried about the Nets beating. Yeah. Uh, you know, majority of the teams. We're worried about the Nets beating teams in the category of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. And they weren't able to do that because they were missing twenty crucial points. They lost. Yeah. By, that's the gap right there. But those kind of also one game. It's, I understand. But, I understand. And, and, but that's what we're doing. And it's here even is more than extrapolating. But that. it's even more than one game. It's the ring ceremony. You're in Milwaukee for the ring ceremony, unloading the ban- banner of the team that just won the championship. That's like the hardest game you could have. A hundred percent. But you got to you got to be able to put this into a microcosm and in a vacuum and see where you're to. Yeah. I guarantee you, that's what Steve Nash and everybody is doing right now. Is noticing the pattern of, of Tuesday night. But you also you also have to realize this the first game of an eighty two game series. hundred uh, percent, uh, uh, I get that. Yeah, but I I don't think I I think as I said like they'll be fine. They'll make the playoffs. 
they're just going to suffer a little bit. This team's clearly, we know they're not as good without Kyrie. Who, but if there's one of the three you want to miss, it's Kyrie. Who's the, maybe that may be fast, <laughs> but who's, who's the step up guy? Who's, who's the next man? It's, up I mean, it's not LA. I'll tell you right no. now, it's not LaMarcus Aldridge. No, it, it's, I love LaMarcus Aldridge, but Unk, Unk was getting cooked out there last night. And it's not LA. I mean, I like the depth that they added to Patty Mills. It's going to be a collection of the guys. Joe Harris still has steps he can make. Bruce Brown has shown flashes if he can become more consistent. I mean, Ron Carter let me down last night. My West Virginia boy, he he was lost. No, yeah. I, I kind of liked what I saw. Defender. You're not going to like this. I liked what I saw from Blake Griffin, man. Yeah. I liked what I saw. It's more than a The thing is, I know what we're active, getting. Man. I know what we're getting with Blake Griffin. And, and you can say the same thing about Patty Mills, but Patty Mills last year had one of the best seasons of his career. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's him this contract. I, it's definitely a collection. Yeah. And pa- Patty Mills, is, you can't rely on Patty Mills every night. He's a hot and cold guy. Right? Yeah. Unless he plays for Team Australia, then he's always good. But I want him on my team. For the Patty Mills is one of the people on the NBA. I want him on my team. 100%. Yeah. A solid vet. Um, Real solid. An interesting stat, though. If you take each of the Nets' big three, Harden, Kyrie, and uh, Kevin Durant, if you take their each player's 15 highest scoring games of last season, look at the Nets' record in those games is pretty alarming. James Harden, they were 13 and two in his highest scoring games. KD, they were 10 and five in his highest scoring games. 66. percent That's where they were. Kyrie, only eight and seven in those highest scoring games. Yeah. When Kyrie is the highest scoring output on the floor. That was, they're only that, eight and seven. Now, that's there's, not there's a lot more context. It wasn't that, him right? being the highest scoring output. It's just if you look at his highest scored, points, he scored. So Durant could have had 40 in a game. He had 35. He had 35, but, right. But, right. Yeah. but his, his 15 highest that's scoring That's what I'm saying. Games. So I mean, what does he, that show? What does that, what does that show? I think he's – I mean, if you're going to lose one, you want to lose Kyrie. <laughs> that's what I say. But, yeah, what it shows is that they still need him. Right, mm-hmm. it's not going to hurt you night to night in the regular season. Yeah, right. I, I, you'll you know. you'll lose maybe four more games in the regular season without Kyrie. Only four, maybe five. But when it comes to the playoffs, you're going to need him. That's, uh, that's what it says. I, I think absolutely. I think the Nets have always been a top heavy team. Yeah. They, I mean, they have an assemblance of a bench this year. They still don't really have a scoring bench. So it, it's they got tough, those tough they, look letting Dinwiddie go after yeah, Kyrie, I mean, with they, all this Kyrie and stuff. and Karis Levert. So they they moved all of their you Levert. Know, they had to move all of their solid pieces, right? But but for before this reason to to get people. So like you move all of of your supporting roles and you have this three crown system. Yep. You need those three crowns to show up a night in and night out. That's how your offense it's gonna works. Going to be tough. You I don't I don't know stuff. if we can lock them into a top three seed anymore in the East. That's a that's a big statement. They could slip to four or five. Hundred percent. Who There's goes? Not in, enough good teams in the East. Yeah, who who goes in that three spot, Kyle? You have the Bucks. You your have beloved the, Sixers. You making room for your Sixers there? I think the Sixers are currently the three with the Nets at two. But then I, I think the Heat could find a way. I think the Heat. Are we saw a Knicks get a four seed last year. And I mean, the, Haw- the Hawks teams, are right there too. The Hawks, Celtics. Yeah, maybe they don't fall too far, but well, you know what? We'll save that because we're going to get into playoff teams in yeah. a little bit. We got one more team that everyone's been talking about. We didn't get our chance to talk about them yet. And now, you want to talk about the Unks. <laughs> That's the Los Angeles Lakers, man. They grabbed all the Unks at the barbecue and challenged all the cousins to see who could go win the NBA championship. LeBron and all his friends. You know, LeBron and all his friends, man. And if a one-game sample size shows anything from the Lakers, and it's going to take a little bit before everything is all gelled out. And LeBron said yeah. that today. He went through it in Miami. The first year of the Miami Big Three, they struggled in that first month. And then they went on to go to four straight NBA finals. So he Le- went through it in the first year in LA. So LeBron, LeBron, first year in Cleveland, they started. Yeah, LeBron knows that, that this thing is not night and day, but it didn't look great. And the most glaring part of it was one thing everyone was afraid it was going to be, and that was Russell Westbrook last last night or Tuesday night, I should say. Yeah, his usage rate was at nineteen point three percent. 
I've never seen a Russell Westbrook usage rate under 30 in my life. And he was at 19 by far, or it was fifth, his fifth lowest, lowest usage rate in a single regular season game since 2010 at 780 total regular season. Games. Crazy. So I, that's where it is, man. Like, like, can this new look Lakers team work? Can they integrate Russ? Yeah. I mean, it's weird because there's two ways to look at it. One, Russ needs to handle the ball and LeBron needs to play a little more off the ball. You think of LeBron, he just really became a point guard in the last four years, mm-hmm. right? Always been a facilitator, but he's been the primary ball handler not too long now. So you can switch it, let Russ play his normal way. Or two, he needs to switch his play style. He needs to be a more of a you know a pest on offense. He needs to make a lot of cuts, right? He needs to be the guy crashing boards. I know he's a point guard, but we know how Russ can board up. I mean, he's going to have to change a little bit and not just stay on the perimeter. And what he can't do is be a 3 and D guy. Not saying that like right, he'll be a 3 and D guy, but he can't be shooting eight, nine threes a game and give us the same Russ if he's going to only have this type of usage rate. I mean, I think it's it's going to be on Frank Vogel to figure out it's the a, lineups. The last night was a growing pains Russ game. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis was minus two. LeBron was minus two. Russ was minus 23. <laughs> and they all played 39, 37, 35 minutes. So Russ had as many turnovers as he did fouls and as many field goals made. So 4-4-4. Four, four, four. Yeah, but that sounds like it sounds like a Russell Westbrook game. Like, but he's the numbers go better. up. The numbers go up, but that sounds like a Russell Westbrook game. Yeah, he's gonna play better though. Yeah, it's it. But then I agree. Be the number it won't be four, four, and four. But but I, a lot of times Russ got the same amount but of he points. Couldn't, still going he couldn't. He couldn't put the ball in the bucket. I mean, Russell so, Russell give you almost twenty a game this year. Right, right, right. So here's here's what I've here's what I saw last night. I saw Russell Westbrook for the very first time because he even when he went to. Houston with James Harden. He went in and it and not at first, but it became Russ's offense. It became the tempo that Russ plays. They moved Clint Capella and put PJ Tucker at the five to move at a more fast pace to fit Russell Westbrook's game. Yeah. So the, the 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 offense had always been predicated around him. It's the first time where I've seen him go to a team and completely try to assimilate into somebody else's offense and be a different role. Yeah. And I don't know if it was consciously or not. But like you said, Kyle, you can't be a 3 and D guy. He became the three-point shooter that LeBron kicks out to, yeah. that AD kicks out to, that Melo kicks out to. Russ became the stand-in-the-corner three-point shooter or stand-at-the-top-of-the-key-three-point shooter. And Russ has never been a three-point shooter, like, ever in his career. No one's mm-hmm. ever asked him to do that. But that's the role he found himself in Tuesday night against the Warriors. If that's to continue, Russ is going to go on to have, like, one of his worst seasons. Like, that's what's going to happen. If you look at what last year's Lakers stats were, so they were 27th in the NBA in um, drives per game, just mm-hmm. how often they drove to the hoop. Yeah. With Russ, that's going to have to go up because that's right. the only way he can score. So that's the way they'll have to change their offense to accommodate him. And they caught and shoot basically half the time. You can't do that with Russ. Mm-hmm. So it's just a growing pains, just a growing pains thing. They'll learn because LeBron's smart. He's not going to, he's not the best GM, but he knows. How to build a team around him? Right. Yeah. He'll make Russ work. You know, you they'll, know. They'll, they'll, I'm. I keep looking. They were sixth in efficiency in cuts. That's something you can use with Russ because he's so athletic. And they only were seventeenth in how often they cut. Right. So, so there, there's ways they can use Russ. And when you get into later big game potential, like Russ can be a stalwart defender because mm-hmm. he's going to play his butt off every single night as we've seen for his whole career. What I'm worried about is the 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 closing get me a win lineup. 
because then you got to put all your stars on the floor. Then then it's going to be Russ, LeBron, Carmelo, Anthony Davis, and then you know. I, I, guess, don't, I don't think Melo's in that one. I guess I guess Rondo. You cannot. Uh, no, there's either, no way Carmelo is Ron, not in the you court. Can't you can't have Rondo there. You can't have Rondo. You have on the court. You can't have Rondo in the court. The guy that you have on the court is Talon Horton Tucker. But the, but that, you need a shooter out there. But the, so that's the problem that the Lakers run into now. Is I have all of these like great players, these upper echelon players who should see the floor in these big moments. Like Carmelo Anthony, to me, should be on the floor in a clutch moment. He just he just should be one of the most uh, weak, one of the best shot makers in the league. He history. doesn't need to be. Right. Russell Westbrook, but you but you have these you have these guys like like you're gonna tell me that Carmelo yeah. Anthony's not gonna see the floor in a if you're on offense in a closing you put him lineup in. Yeah. if you're on offense you put them in but that's the problem we're not, we're, no that's one's, fine no though. one's focusing this I mean I'm taking we're focusing on offense LeBron here. can hit game winners Anthony Davis has hit but NBA just, Finals game winners but it's not just about Carmelo game Anthony winner. I need I need someone who's gonna make the right basketball decisions at the end of the game Rondo like. It, you don't you're think gonna, LeBron is gonna one hundred percent? He's gonna have the ball in his hands. But 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 I can't have an end of the game situation. And Rondo, one of the best decision makers in NBA history, is not on the floor. I can't do that. You right. can't justify that. If you lose the game, you well, can't justify that sure, move to me. But that lineup is still good. What without him on the floor? Rondo, Braun, Russ, AD, Mello. Like that's still I, it, a great lineup to have a, in the game at the end of a game. There's no shooting. <laughs> there's no shooting. I don't think the spacing. Mello is only on the great. court to shoot. My, I at guess. That point. I guess he's not. I, I, uh, I the, think Melo's Melo's the I, best I part of Melo's game to me is not a spot three point shooter. I trust so that I, that's team. not the shooting. Well, anybody that's like Malik Monk in there, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? No, Talon Horton Tucker, easily. But regardless, who you, so who are you taking off in the closing lineup? In the, in the Rondo or Melo? You can't justify that. Team. You can take off Rondo because LeBron's such a good passer, and Russell Westbrook's also a point guard. Can't just. It's not what you have. But on I got the floor. it. It's not what you have on the floor. It's what you took off the floor. Like I get LeBron's still a great passer. Rondo is still but, on the bench. Rondo just helped me win a title two years ago in that, that closing lineup. But that lineup you, is still so. You can't good justify to have, you to me. You can't justify and, having. And that's fine. Like, but you can still have that lineup at the end of the game, and it's a good lineup. Well, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. What I what I will say though is I figured it out. How we're going to use Russ? I figured it out when we were talking. Go ahead. And Frank Vogel, by the stats at least. Did a little bit of it last night. So we said Russ minus 20, whatever. LeBron and AD were single digits, minus two, minus three, whatever it was. That tells me Russ played a lot on the court when LeBron and AD weren't on the court. And that is going to be his role this year. He's going to start. But Russ is one of 10 guys in the league that I can realistically say can play 48 minutes tonight. And he could do that for a week straight. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I think him in this second unit, and he'll still start, but he's going to play extended minutes is where this is going to be a huge boost to the Lakers. Yeah. Russell Westbrook at the start of second quarters, at the you know end of first quarters when your first rotation is coming off and he has to be the guy again, he's not going to play this bad. Mm-hmm. And that is a great boost to have when most of your starters are off. I it, think that is going to be his role. And maybe they tried that last night. That's what the box score tells me. It's, that's, I, I agree. I actually heard Tim Legler say this this morning. Um, about moving Russell Westbrook to the bench. I was going to offer it up. To yeah, see what you guys I wouldn't move him to the bench. I, 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 and if you maybe, do, maybe not move him to and the if bench. you do, you bring him in quick. You, you pull Rondo at seven I, minutes. Abso- yeah. Absolutely. He's the first person off the bench. But I bring that up to say, like, that's the same concept. Yeah. He's gonna, it, his main his... role is with the second unit. And, and my second unit with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, I don't care who it's better than anybody else's second unit. Off the bat, it's yeah. better than anybody else's second unit. I think it opens, deep. This opens the floor. Yeah. It, it, it makes Anthony Davis the primary scorer on the first unit, so the ball's not being taken out of his hands. I think the Lakers are the best. If Anthony Davis is the primary scorer on offense. Mm-hmm. So 
I think that's good for them. I think it, it takes, you know, pressure off of a lot of people in a lot of places. But Lakers do got to figure it out. It's going to take a lot of time to gel. Mm-hmm. But where do you see them ending at the end of the regular season? I think, oh, they'll be second or third in the West. Maybe even first. You think they, they got a legit shot at that first spot in the West? Yeah. Who else? Three seed. That, the, the question, who else is big? I mean, it's like Jazz. I don't think the Jazz is going to do Suns. it again. I don't think Jazz the Jazz are going to do it again. So, the Jazz are the favorites to do it again. I, think I don't the, think they're going to do it again. I think the Suns are going to have a great regular season. Me too. Yeah. I think the Suns I think the Suns finish Denver's first. Denver's in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll move through it really quick. Um, I don't got much to say. We, we got we got <laughs> some news breaking out of the 215. Ben Simmons got kicked out of practice. You have no, We are not the first people to tell you this. So, like, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time going through all of it. Y'all heard Ben Simmons got kicked out of practice for refusing to sub into a drill. Um, he's now suspended for the season opener. Like, what's the, what's the solution here in Philly? To me, it's trade him for a bag of peanuts and get him out of here. To me, it's do exactly what you thought you were going to do. Just let him not be here. Take his money. If he's disrupted to the team, you can suspend him. You can fine him. If he wants to come and play, okay. If he actually wants to play, if not, you can bench him. I Keep him on the bench. Yo, I say I say anything. Any- you keep the trade market open, but you still don't settle. You see this vending machine behind me? If whatever team wants to stock this vending machine and for Ben Simmons, that's a fair trade. Because nope. he is he is doing you that's more value than what you have right now. I don't think Simmons. I don't think he's gonna disrupt this team. It hurts not having him there and knowing you have this trade piece. But I don't think he's going to disrupt the team. Matt, what's the resolution? What do you do? I agree with Kyle. You can't trade him for nothing. You can't. You got to. Y'all are so stubborn as Daryl Morey, man. Y'all why? Why does he have any power or leverage in this? You can. You can. He get... doesn't have power. Exactly. So why do I need to trade him? Because I, because I'm just sitting on a dead asset. I'm I'm paying a guy thirty. I guess I'm not if you're finding him. But I'm he's just. Against si- the caps. I'm just. I'm yeah. I'm just sitting on dead money and on on a dead asset. And I'm not saying you guys don't no, trade, trade him to Minnesota. Say, like, if you want to get back at him, you want to teach him a lesson, you set him to a miserable place. Yeah, but he's trade him to Cleveland. Sit there. Like, <laughs> no, he'll probably play. He'll probably play somewhere else because he's not in the Philadelphia market. And then he'll, they'll, you know, whatever team he goes to, we'll try to flip him again. He wants to be like this young, like, socialite celebrity. And he's just hurting his brand by being just this petty baby. Yeah, you know, the way he was pouting was, I've never seen someone practice with a phone in their pocket. But we will move on to the third segment, trying to rounding out this episode of Straight Facts. It's been a good one. Um, but I like this. It's a new segment we're calling Straight Up. Playoffs or no? Because <laughs> a lot of teams, like we just talked about how the Western Conference, there's no, like, for sure number one seed. I think for this NBA as a whole, like, there are a lot of teams that we're just not completely sure about. Yeah, there's some teams in the mix. There's some teams in the mix for sure. So playoffs for no. We're going to start in the Western Conference, and I like this one to start out. The New Orleans Pelicans, last year's 11 seed, a record of 31-34, and 34, um, got rid of Stan Van Gundy. Zion's not here to start the season, so it's really up to B.I. It's very overrated. Yeah, overrated. It's, it's, it's really up to B.I. Uh, playoffs or no, Kyle, for the Pelicans. Easy, nope. Easy, There's yeah. no way. So, I mean, you can take probably the bottom four teams of the West out. Timberwolves, Spurs, Rockets, Thunder. Mm-hmm. I don't think we expect them to make the playoffs. Who knows? Pop could have another year where he contends. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has a shot. But, I mean, there's teams at the bottom you'd have to kick out. The Clippers, the Trailblazers, right? The Nuggets, the Warriors, the Mavericks. There's too many teams ahead of them. And there's two other teams sitting outside, like the Grizzlies. So, I think that, like, the Pelicans don't have it. No. I, and I don't think they'll really contend for it. 
I mean, they went what thirty-one, they're for, they, thirty-one and thirty-four. But there, there's no playing tournament. Zion's rookie year, he missed there's, almost the entire season. He came back and they and they almost contended but, for it then. Yeah, but they're an eleven seed this year or last year. I think they're going to be the eleven seed again. And there's no more playing tournament, if I'm correct. To me, it's been the same narrative at the bottom of the Western Conference for the last three years. Who's going to make it? The Grizzlies, Pelicans, Kings, or Spurs? That's that's the four teams are going to jostle for the end of the um, for the end of the Western Conference. To me. For the very first time, there's a clear of those four, and it's the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, Jaron Jackson coming back for a full season healthy. John Morant taking the steps that he needs to take. Dylan Brooks kind of emerging as a solid piece on their team now. Like, I, I think the Memphis Grizzlies are, are, are almost solidified for that for that last playoff spot. I think they're, they're heads and shoulders above the other three. But who do you kick out? At that point, you got to kick you out. You got to kick out somebody. Yeah. We do have a plan. Do you have the plan this year? I don't think you yeah, do. It's a playing game, not a plan. It's not like, a tournament, but it's a not game like game. it was in the bubble. But it's what it was last year. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we got we got. So this would be game. like seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I almost treated it as like the extra wild card spot in the NFL. I thought like, that was my yeah. mistake. I fully thought we did not do have that a plan. More. And I did yeah. the beginning of the season yeah, too, so it, it kind of escaped me too. That's that's why I got the Grizzlies slide, slotted at that nine. You just got to edge up nine. Are you counting nine in the playoffs? I'm not. I'm counting eight in the you playoffs. Get, well, it, 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 do you count the play-in as, as part of the playoffs? No. no. <laughs> it's no. not. It's officially it's not. It's officially not. It's officially the Warriors missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs right, last right, year. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. You can't. It's got to be top into eight. A, into a playoff postseason situation. Here, I'll, into an elimination game. Put it that way. Into an elimination no, game. No, we're not counting that. We're counting one through eight. <laughs> we have to. But, okay. but I'll pick you up. I, I have, mean, no, but the, the answer have, is no because we're now. Now we're arguing. Now we're now we're discussing the, the Pelicans. Grizzlies. We're not even discussing the Pelicans. We're yeah, the Pelicans, Pelicans are no. So Matt, the what do you think about the Pelicans? Are no. Pelicans are Zion is not. All right, let's move on Zion. to the Grizzlies. Hey, right, right, right. <laughs> and I can pick it up because I actually do think the Grizzlies are going to be a playoff team. So, so are you kicking out? I'm kicking out the Trailblazers. That's tough. Yep. Damian Lillard's got too much and, will and to it, miss the Actually, you know what? No, no, because I actually thought about this before. It's not necessarily the Trailblazers, but there's four teams that I think spots are up for grabs. And counting the Grizzlies at nine right now, I think the Grizzlies take one of those teams. It's the Trailblazers, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, and the Clippers, even though I'm pretty sure the Clippers would make the playoffs, but they're in trouble this year too. Yeah, it's funny that they have the, the Mavericks four and the Clippers. So not necessarily the Trailblazers. If I had to pick one of those four, I'd say them. But honestly, like people are way too high on the Mavericks. Wait, I was just about to say Yeah, that. so like they could slip. Way too high. The Nuggets could slip. I, I think the Grizzlies are that That's good. That's not They're hot again like they do every The Mavericks year. and the Blazers finished with the same record last year. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. And the, the, they're projected fourth in the West. That's what we're looking at right yeah, now. That's, yeah. that's, that's where this is coming from. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't understand. But Matt, Memphis Grizzlies, nine seed last year, made the playoffs as an eight seed after the play in, 38 and 34 record. They'll do the nine seed again. There's that's just why I got too many good I think, teams. That's why I got them. That's why I got them. good teams. I think the, they get it, man. The, they'll be they'll be 46 and 36 and miss the playoffs. Yeah. I think I think they got I think they got one or two more years of these hurdles and they start becoming a three yeah. four mainstay in the West. But well, they got they got a couple more years of, of getting you, beat down at the bottom. The thing I think I think we know this, but we're not giving them enough credit for. Maybe I am. You guys aren't. They did it last year. They were yeah. the nine seed. Yeah. They won the first game against who they played, the Spurs, whoever they played. And then they beat the Warriors, and they made it in. Right. And now I think their roster is better. Jaron Jackson's healthy. Last year, you're only getting 25 minutes out of him when he came back. He's set to make a huge jump. John Morant's probably an all-star this year. I mean, I, I think they're going to do it again. 
there's too many good teams. It's not an indictment of the Grizzlies. Yeah. It's really not. It's I really agree. Not. It, it, it's, it's, it's Whoever a, gets the nine in the West is going to feel like they got snubbed. And I'll feel like they did it too because all nine deserve it. It happens. It happens. Talking about the, the team who just missed it last year, the Golden State Warriors, eight seed last year, missed the playoffs after the playing tournament. Tourney, tournament, tourney, tournament, yeah, uh, tournament. Ugalele, Ugalele, <laughs> thirty-nine and thirty-three record last year, yeah. um, but it looks promising now. Um, they're they're looking to get Clay Thompson back around January, February time. Jordan Poole looks like he's going to be in early contention for most improved player. Had a look, great game he, he Tuesday. Yep. Had a really good game Tuesday night against the Lakers. So playoffs are not for the for the Warriors, Kyle. Yep, they're yeah. in. Yeah, they're in. I just noticed when I mentioned the four teams, I think the Grizzlies could take. I didn't mention the Warriors. I think they're in. Yeah. Yeah. They also, choked, also they choked it away. Back to choked it. it away last year. Steph's on a mission. I mean, you mentioned Jordan Poole. Their, their team's better. The young pieces are getting better. You mentioned Wiseman a second ago. I mean, I think they're there. The Warriors went through their turnover phase of, of everyone from our championship regime mm-hmm. has left. The new guys are coming in and haven't really learned the system. Now we're starting to see from the role players, like the, the Warrior system work, right? Like mm-hmm. we're starting to see guys play better than what we thought they were. Jordan Poole is going through the Warriors making me better system yeah. right now. If you remember, and I think other other players are going to follow suit with that. If you remember after the draft, I thought they had probably the two biggest steals of the draft mm-hmm. with Moody and um, and Kaminga. Kaminga, yeah, I think the two of those guys, one of them is going to step up and play valuable minutes this year too. For me, it depends on Clay and how he is when he comes back because yeah. it's uh, he's missed two years ACL then Achilles. If brutal, he's, brutal. If man, he's play, they could win the title. Yeah, yeah. If they could I legitimately agree. win the title. And if he's not, they're like in the mix with like Portland and Dallas, like for like the five six yeah. place. I, I agree. The the seventy three and nine core is still there. The seventy three and nine core is Steph Clay and Draymond. That's also six years old. I understand. Yeah. I understand. But it's it's. it's well, he's not saying they're going to go seven. I'm not going to say. He's, yeah. I'm <laughs> saying, saying the successful warrior DNA is still. It it's can, all still yeah, there. They have. They didn't lose any part of that core. So that just means the Warriors are, are making the playoffs to me, not setting the NBA record for most wins in a season. I but think so too. I, I I am I absolutely believe that, and they're not going to be in flux. Last year they were in flux. Everyone spent time hurt. People were in and out of the lineup. Steph Curry didn't really have anybody to play with last year. They're not in flux like that this year. I think they get it done. So that rounds out our playoffs or not for the Western Conference. Let's move back over to the Eastern Conference now. It's just as exciting. And a team that, you know, they, they were a bright spot on your big board. A plug for Kyle's big board, by the way. Go get that on YouTube. Top five most improved teams of the NBA season. And this is, this, I mean, two of them on this list were in there. But we'll start here, the New York Knickerbockers. Actually, three of them were. Three of them, yeah. We'll start the New York Knickerbockers, of course. Um, four seed last year, 41 and 31 record. One of the most exciting teams uh, in the NBA of last year. And they improved, just like you talked about. Evan Fournier is on the squad now. Um, you know, you know, a bunch of improvements. So, playoffs or not? Yeah. Yeah, New York Knicks are in the playoffs. I mean, they got the four seed last year, which was ridiculous. And now have Kemba and and, and, and I said it. Right? I said it yesterday in the big board. I'll plug it again. Go yeah, check it go. out. Uh, but I think the point for me, and I said it, and I think it was a good point, is that the Knicks might not see more regular season success than the four seed. And but that's they can accept that, and I think they've set themselves up for more playoff success. They're going to get there. I have them in. They're going to fall back a little, but they'll make the playoffs at like a seven or eight. 
I can see that. Even with the additions, like we got Cardiac Kemba and MSG now. Yeah, but I don't think the Celtics will be as bad. I think the Hawks are going to take a big step forward in the regular season. Just look at how they, the end of the season, they were on fire and then they carried that through through the playoffs. And Miami, I think, is ahead of them as well. So it's not for this episode, but I'm that bumps them to seven. Just three teams. I'm really high on the Boston Celtics. That's not for this episode, but I'm really high on the Boston Celtics. We'll move on. We gotta gotta move quick through these ones. Let's do it. Next one is the Chicago Bulls, 11 seed last year. This team is. I'm probably most excited to see this team going into the NBA season. 11 seed last year, 31 and 41 record. But they're different. They're they're completely different from where they were last year. Yep. I got them in the playoffs this year coming up. Kyle, you got them in the playoffs. Playoffs or no? Uh, I got them in May. My head tells me they're in. No I doubt. got them in. But I got to take them out. What? They're out. You know why. They're out, though. We'll get to why I do know in why. a second. But you no, got hit an agenda. They're out. You got hit Okay. Agenda. Well, I got to pull a team out. Um, no, I'll touch it on the next one. I got the Bulls out. You got they the Bulls squeak out. in at eight. I think they're better than the Pacers. Like you're, they're, they're, they're not better than the Pacers. The Pacers are out too. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, the, the, Pacers the, are out too. There's, there's one spot up for grabs. I think there's going to be one spot to take because I think the top seven teams of last year are all going to make it this year in the East, and that mm-hmm. Washington's not going to make it again. No, no, they're horrible. They're they're not going to make it again. They're and not I think that the bad. The Bulls are ripe to slide in. Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball. They're excited. They the should. Show. They Come should. On, I'm going against it. They should. Nah, they're better. They're better on paper, at least. They're better than the Pacers. I agree. They're better than the Hornets. On paper. They're going to be like last year's <laughs> Knicks, but not as good. Huh? They're going to be like last year's Knicks, but not as good. Like fun, but no, not to contend. I also want to throw in, because um, we're not really going to hit him. Uh, Matt said he's high on them. I don't, I'm not that high on the Hawks this year again. I think the Hawks will fall back to what you thought the Knicks were, like 7-8. And they'll, they'll, they'll be in that six, yeah, six, seven. But like that's, six, that's seven, playing eight. tournament. They could get out of Hawks that. Hawks will be the three seed. That's crazy. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back. We'll do a check tape, and we'll circle back to that one. Yeah, just. Because you're going you to have to defend that one. Stamp that one. All right. Indiana Pacers, nine seed last year, 34 and 38 record, also lost in the playing tournament. They're, or no? they're out. I think they're out too. Yeah, they're out. I mean, I mean, so you guys—you can only be middling for so get, long before did, it falls off. So you, you both, you both put the Bulls and the Knicks in. So yeah. that means for you guys, you got to say they're out, right? The Pacers, yeah, yeah. Pacers and Hornets are Pacers out. Pacers are out. Pacers and Hornets are out. Pacers are out. But the like, easy one, Pacers are out. Okay, but they're not better than the Bulls. Their best. I mean, I mean, their two best players. Like when your best player is Sabonis, and I got I got no qualms about Sabonis. Sabonis is nice. He's nice. He's your best player is a powered forward Sabonis. That doesn't really scream playoff team to me. When your best player is homeless Nikola Jokic, you're not going to make the playoffs. Homeless Nikola Jokic. That was mean. That's actually that crazy. was mean. He didn't need to say that. What's Sabonis ever do to you? Nikola Jokic Sabonis is Sabonis, Sabonis so, isn't even a center. But hey, lefty. He's a white European big man. <laughs> so is Laurie Markin in. Why? Because his haircut? His hair don't look No, but bad. they played on the Laurie Markin's a shooter. That's true. Last one, really quick. Charlotte Hornets. Again, another another very exciting NBA team. I, I will not let you overhype them and, oh. and put them in over the Bulls because you love Terry Rozier. I'm not. Yeah. I'm putting him in because of the team. And I think Lamella Ball is show your work. Show La, your work. Lamella Ball is going to be the best player on that team this Probably, year. Probably, yeah. Um, and then you have Terry Rozier coming off of a career. You have Gordon Hayward, who was their leading scorer before he went down. 
you pick up a Kelly Oubre, mm-hmm. you know, a young core, like we talked about yesterday on the big board, all making leaps, right? Yeah. Like Terry Rozier is our fourth oldest player at 27, coming off of a leap out of his year last year, could make another one. P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Book Knight's a rookie, LaMelo Ball, sophomore jump. I'm huge on them. I mean, I think they're an eight probably, but I'm going to put the Hornets in for sure. If you, if Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan hadn't done anything else for the Charlotte Hornets, he knows his team and he knows like the kind of basketball they play. The additions that they made are all in the same lane of the Hornets. Like Gordon Mm -hmm. Hayward may be the most outlier on the team, but you go out and get Kelly Oubre, to me fits the Hornets style of play very well. You draft Kai Jones and James Booknight. Great picks. Great picks. Yeah. Great picks for who your team is. Yeah. Do they make you better? Uh, Booknight does. May, maybe. Marginally. They may make you a little bit better. Booknight does. They don't, they don't Booknight's going to play. He's going to play. I don't, I don't know if they make, they make the Hornets marginally better than they were. But they are great for the team. And they're, they're still, like, you get one dominating force to come in there. You get one superstar to come in there. I think it automatically jumps the Hornets up to yeah. a, a, a contender team. But I give props to Michael Jordan for this offseason. He, he got the right pieces for his I team. think LaMelo Ball will play all-star caliber basketball this year. And the only and I want to say he's going to be an all-star. The only thing is this team spreads the love, man. You watch yeah. you watch these Hornets play. And he's not, he's not going to score enough. Anyone will go for 20 a night. And it man, doesn't matter who. Like There will be probably 10 different guys on this roster with 20, 25-point games this really? year because that's how the Hornets play. They're going to miss Devontae Graham. No, they're not. I don't think Mediocre they Devontae Graham. He didn't have a good season. You have year. a better point guard this year than Devontae Graham. I think the only thing that holds LaMelo out for all-star voting I think is he, I, I don't know if he's going to be better than uh, – LaMelo, I'm still not sold on. Devontae Graham had a horrible year, though. Devontae Graham still was like a key portion in them being mediocre. No, he right. wasn't. We got to wrap, wrap this up. We gotta wrap I, this I just up. want to put the point real quick. LaMelo Ball's sophomore year jump as your starter with an Ish Smith backup I think is better – than a mediocre Devontae's Graham season last year with a LaMelo backup who didn't play for we'll 60% of the year, didn't start. Well, we'll see. We'll see if LaMelo has that. We're going to wrap this episode up very quickly. No countdown today. We're going to go real quick at the buzzer. You guys got something to say at the buzzer? Uh, I wore the pitch shirt. Matt's a Clemson fan. I'm going to the game. <laughs> go I'm, I'm going to the game. So uh, Kenny for Heisman, he's going to throw about four TDs. And... Pitch the favorite. Exactly. Pitch wild. We, we are very good. DJ Ogolele. DJ. Remember the name, DJ Ungolele. <laughs> He's been disappointed. Clemson, Clemson, it's their first time being uh underdog against an ACC team since 2014. Yeah. That's crazy. You got something to say at the buzzer, Matt? Succession's back. Yeah, it HBO. is. Was the first episode good? It was good. I need to watch it. it. Sets it up. It's such a great show. If you yeah. want to watch miserable, rich people that are wildly entertaining, this is the show. Who doesn't love them? Some miserable, rich people. Have you seen Succession? I've never seen it. It's that. a good show. It's on HBO. Um, also, top-tier theme song. I love it. You know what else is a top tier theme song? Straight Facts Podcast. Yes, sir. That's all the the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Again, shout out to the Up On Game Network, LeVar Arrington, Plexico Burst, and TJ Husmanzada. We're coming your way very soon, y'all. But for Kyle Sirik, Stabat Robinson, and my man Jake Galley, somewhere off in the distance, I am James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up.